0: What I'm going to do this morning, we've been talking about flowing in the Holy Spirit. And one of the big themes is that the Holy Spirit's number one agenda in any body of believers and the number one agenda in your life is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The, and, and the Holy Spirit is about restoring the first commandment to first place in the church. And f- restoring the first commandment to first place in your life. And, and, and so whatever we talk about, it's in that context. And this morning, what I want to do is something that's really practical. I'm going to focus in on one of the gifts of the Spirit and talk about how it works for me. And, and how it can work for you. Is that, is, that, is that okay? So it's a really practical session this morning. It's not big concepts. It's nitty-gritty practical. And, you know, l- last week we, we talked about the power of the testimony and how testimonies change the spiritual atmosphere and release an anointing to reproduce themselves. And we, one of the things that I said is that, uh, you know, time after time after time throughout the history of faith life and, and throughout my ministry, we've seen people healed of back issues. So we, we had a prayer line for people with back issues last week. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody who's here this morning because we've got it captured on video, so we're going to embarrass them to the whole world soon. <laughs> but, but God, you know, when, you, when you're there and people are being prayed for, you don't always see the healings that are taking place. But... Last week, we had some fantastic healing. Some amazing stuff happened. And um, there's, there's one person, he's not here this morning, they're on holidays, so that's why I'm going to pick on it. Uh, John, John was in the army, and he was badly injured in the army, and his neck was fused, and he's had uh, back pain at the bottom of his back uh, constantly ever since. So he, he's on, he was on daily full-strength painkillers all the time. And so last week we, we were praying for him, and I've never done this before, because we've just started filming things, and it was a bit like, "What if nothing happens?" And then I'm thinking, nah, that's stupid, it's God, something's going to happen." And um, as, we, as we prayed, he was started to be able to move this neck that was fused, fully with no pain. And I've got like, ah, "So what's happening? Well, I can, I can move my neck, I can move my neck. And so I said, "But what about your back? Because we're doing backs." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Well, I, I've, I've just, I'm just in this pain. I'm just in this pain." And I said, "Right, we're going to pay for your back." So we put hands on his back, and we paid for him. And as we as we're doing that, his spine moved. His spine moved, and the pain went. And the next day, he he Facebooked me. And I talked to him again on Wednesday night at Rock Solid, and basically the situation is he's had no painkillers since then. Now get this, he's an inch taller. <laughs> and I thought, how cool is that? How cool is that? Because he, he was smaller than his wife, and now he's the same height, and I thought, how cool is that? Go, oh God. So this morning I'm going to talk about words of knowledge and how words of knowledge work. Now. The guiding principle in all of this, when when we are ministering, so I'm training you to be to minister this morning, yeah, because we said last week you're all the ministers, I'm just the equipper, you're the ministers. So when we minister, what we are trying to do is firstly ourselves be full, so we've got something to give away, and and so we want to we want to move in the Holy Spirit, but we also want to have a a, a is sort of focus and know that we are loved by God. Because what we are giving away when we minister, more than anything, is God's love. And the, 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 the principal motive and guide as we minister to anyone is love. You know, the, we're, not, the, the, you do, we're not starting with the aim of seeing a miracle. We're not starting with the aim of proving a point. We're not even starting with the aim of fixing a problem. What we're starting with is so the other person knows they're loved by God and that they're loved by us. So whatever we do has to be wrapped in love. That, that, that simple. Because so often we we go with trying to trying to push things and trying to make things happen and we don't see the fullness of what God wants to do because... The other person's not experiencing love. They're experiencing that they're part of an experiment. And what they need to experience is God's love. So we, our motive and what we move in is love. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. The second simple principle is this, that when we're ministering, and I'm going to talk about words of knowledge specific this morning, but when we're ministering, um, what we're trying to do is cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We're not ministering in isolation with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to cooperate by seeing and knowing what he wants to do and then just cooperating in it. And the reason for that is that if anything's going to happen, it's got to happen through his power in us rather than us. So we are trying to cooperate and understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in a situation and then do that or pray that ourselves. Does that make sense? Now, if you're new to these things, because I, I, there's quite a lot of people that I don't know in this room, and, and I don't know where you're at, but if you're, if you're new to these things, you're going like, okay, well, I've just, I've just jumped in in the middle of something. Well, that, that's okay, because I'm going to try and go slow, but then we're, gonna, we're actually going to demonstrate it at the end. So is that, is that all right? But basically, what, uh, what Paul taught us through a letter that he wrote to a church in Corinth, was that there are gifts that are given by God, supernatural gifts that are given by God within a church body or within individual, through individual people that are supernatural gifts. So we're not talking natural, we're not talking talent, we're not talking, when I say word of knowledge, we're not talking like this is incredibly clever people. It's not that sort of knowledge. We're talking individual gifts, supernatural gifts that are given by God and and they're they're an operation of the Holy Spirit in in the body of believers to bring about the kingdom. And and that's that's what we're talking about. So we're talking supernatural. Now, the reason we're talking supernatural is God is a supernatural God. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of believers, but God is a supernatural God. And, And we've made him... A little God, and he's actually a really big one, and we want to see all he can do. So when we, when we see this, this passage in, in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says this. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, I talked a few weeks ago about how every believer has a gift of the Spirit. So we all have something to give. We all have something to contribute to this. We all have something to give to each other and to contribute to bring about the manifestation of the kingdom in our midst. So we all have something. And it's for the profit of all. It's for everybody's good. To one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And then it goes on and lists several other gifts. Now, the, the thing is here, if you just read that there, you, we would have no idea what a word of knowledge is, would we? we it could be anything. It, it, you know, you can look at what the Greek means, and the Greek word there for knowledge is gnosis, or gnosis, G-N-O-S-S-I-S, G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis. And, and, and what that means, to sort of narrow it down, so we can get a bit narrower as to what it means, is that it means experiential knowledge so it's not information knowledge it's something that you actually experience there's a there's a there's a a, a very real physical and uh, personal experience as this is revealed and it's something that you actually do and demonstrate it's not it's not just facts that you accumulate so it's not that sort of knowledge and The other aspect of that word is that what we're talking about is something that this is this is quite interesting. I I find this really fascinating. Is it? It's the word is partial and fragmentary, so you don't get an entire revelation of somebody's life before you can do anything. So what that tells me is I don't I know a lot about Roger, but I don't need to know everything about Roger before I can minister to him. I'm. God set this up so that I can have a little bit of knowledge about Roger and I can minister to Roger on the basis of that little bit of knowledge and it'll bring about a manifestation of the kingdom without me having to know how he got there, what happened to him, what's happened the last 30 years, counsel him into that. But God's intending to do a miracle. Do, Do you see what I mean? So it's partial knowledge. We don't have to know everything to... To, to be able to see the miraculous. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to understand everything and be super clever and, and great theologians to see God move. All right. Which is really good. Here's some good news for you. Guys, you don't have to read Bible commentaries to be a good Christian. That's, that's my job, that's what you pay me for. And, and you can then go and do your stuff. Do your stuff. Don't get bogged down with, with trying to know everything before you think you can do something. Because let me tell you this, you will never be trained enough. Because it's not about training. It's about faith, hearing what you can do, and then going and do it. It's about knowing who you are and being who you are to others. And so, basically what we're talking about is a piece of information that God gives us to bring about a manifestation of the kingdom. And that piece of information can be about somebody's past, it can be about an illness that they've got. It can be about pain that they're feeling. It can be about a relationship. It can be about all sorts of things in the past or the present. What we're not talking about is things of the future, like this is going to happen to you. That's not a gift of no- a word of knowledge. It's another gift called prophecy. So we're talking about God giving us information that we get supernaturally It's about somebody's past, the current situation, current circumstance. Does that make sense? It's simple this, isn't it? Simple. Now, so from that, all that, we can get a definition of what this word of knowledge is, and I'll show you where it comes into operation in the Bible. So the definition is this. The word of knowledge is a supernatural ability to receive information and truth directly from God without natural means. It's to know something without knowing how you know it. I like that bit better. It's got a bit of a, a zing to it. It's to know something without knowing how you know it. And I, you know, I, I had in mind that God wanted me to talk on this for weeks and weeks ago. And then at the, the pastor's meeting on Friday morning, Richard Roberts talking about how he operates in the gift of knowledge and how it works for him. And I thought, he'd need my sermon. <laughs> so if you were there... You can, like, you, you can, like, you can score me. <laughs> okay. But this is different. It's different. But actually, what, I, what we were talking about was when we had lunch with him is that the way he receives words of knowledge are very similar. I receive them in a very similar way. But there's lots of different ways you can receive them. It's just we receive them in a really similar way, which is why I thought, what am I going to say now? But anyway, there's lots of people here this morning we're visiting, and so on. Who didn't? Weren't there? So I can just tell you. I can just tell you. So this is how it works for me. So basically, before I, I go into a meeting, or before I'm going to preach or minister, I will off. Well, I almost always disappear. You, you know, when you, when you get here before the service, often you won't find me. I hide. Now and, and I do come out of hiding and I'm I'm quite nice when I come out. I, I do say nice things and give people hugs. But I do try and set aside, once we've got all the chairs out and all the hustle and bustles over, I do try and set aside sort of twenty minutes where I just go and be with God. And what I'm doing there is I'm preparing and I'm asking God what is gonna happen in this meeting that you want to minister into. So I'm asking him to show me what he wants to do. So I've got things that I'm going to talk about and we're going to pray about at the end of this preach because that's what he's shown me. But in order to operate in any gift of the Spirit, you have to see it as necessary, not just a nice-to-have option. And and the reason that the, the, the body of Christ and, and and some many of us don't, actually operate in the fullness of the Holy Spirit is we see it as optional and it'd be nice if that happened here or it'd be nice if somebody could do that or it'd be nice if I did it. But we have to see it as necessary and something that we're hungry for because the Holy Spirit flows and responds to hunger. He doesn't respond to passiveness. I don't know why that is. God set it up that way. It's because I think he wants a relationship, and relationships aren't passive. They're a desire for each other. And so the way I receive words of knowledge is, is primarily in two ways. But the first one, which is, I'd say, 70 to 75% of the way, is I feel physically in my body what the issue is. So, for instance, uh, last week uh, I gave a word of knowledge about that actually I lost my hearing in the middle of worship. Now, I hadn't lost my hearing because I've I've got smart enough by now to recognize that something's God rather than me. Uh, But but the the idea was to to pray to somebody who had hearing problems. Now, they said to me after the service, and again caught on camera, so, so they'll be exposed to the entire world, that, that that was the first time they'd heard every word of my sermon since February. Now, I think that's amazing. What I find even more amazing is they actually liked my sermon. <laughs> and, and they did think that was quite a blessing. but So you never know, dear. Um, but I, I feel in my body, so for instance, uh, I might be praying and I'll get a sharp pain in my ankle. And so I then ask God, what's that about? You know, it's not enough just to like that, because it could be me having a sharp pain in my ankle. So I ask him what's that about to show me what he wants to do. And that's when I flip over into the other part of how God works in me, which is pictures. I see like little mini movies. And and, and so in response to that, I will then see him, or, or he'll show me somebody's ear with my hand on it, so I know that's something we're meant to be praying into, and it's not just that my hearing's gone. Do you see, do you see what I mean, how this works? Okay. Is this simple? Are you all right? Okay. It is, the thing is, this is supernatural, because nobody gets healed without the supernatural. Nobody gets delivered without the supernatural. Nobody gets saved without the power of God. We have to understand that the gospel is a supernatural gospel. That the gospel when Jesus said, you know, go preach the, the gospel, that the kingdom of heaven is on hand, there's no full stop after go preach the gospel. We, we don't have the liberty as churches and as believers to stop at go preach the gospel. What we're meant to be doing is go preach the gospel, telling people the kingdom of heaven is on hand, and then demonstrating that, that it is on hand because we're there, because we're healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out demons, and seeing people saved. That's the gospel. You know, Paul really clearly says that, that the gospel is about the miraculous just as much as it's about forgiveness. And so we can't settle and, and be passive and not want a full gospel as opposed to a partial gospel that just says, it's okay because you've said a prayer, you're saved. It's got to be the whole thing that we're after and the whole thing that we're equipped for. So the thing about a word of knowledge is it tends to work in tandem with another gift called the word of wisdom. That's why they were put, I think they were both put in the same verse or the same sentence. And and the reason for that, I believe, is that words of knowledge uh, can sometimes be difficult things if you also have the wisdom to know what to do with them. You can actually get a word of knowledge that is completely accurate, 100% spot on, give it and destroy somebody's life because you haven't understood the wisdom in the way that that was meant to be used. You know? And, and And you can particularly see that when it, it's a negative statement and I, I'm going to talk about how you manage that later on, but we need wisdom because it's not just about the the getting the revelation it's not just about um the interpretation of what that revelation means you know that I'm meant to pay for somebody's ankle or somebody's leg or somebody's neck or whatever but Actually, much more important than that is the delivery of what God has given you. That's why I said at the start, we, we operate from love. That's our primary guide. And, and so we always have to have in mind that, that we're operating from love, and we also have to understand our own motives in doing things. Because sometimes we can find ourselves so, so excited about what God's doing that we forget that actually it's people we're ministering to and, 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 and we're out to prove a point or see God do something and, and they're actually individuals that we need to minister love to first and foremost. You know, whether, whether a person gets healed or not they should, be feel, they should feel loved. Whether a person gets set free or not they've got to feel loved. That's the, that's the main thing. They've got to know God loves them and you love them. Um, I think when we operate in gifts, there are steps that we take. It, p- people sometimes call them as breaking through to the next level. Have you heard that phrase, breaking through to the next level? Right, turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to break through to the next level. Whatever it is you want to break through in, you're going to break through in. You're going to break through. To break through. How do I know you're going to break through? Because you've just spoke it out to somebody. So... When we do that, we are releasing spirit. We're speaking in line with God's word. We're releasing spirit. The spirit that we release, the anointing we release, changes the atmosphere. So if the other person that you just said that to now grabs hold of that, says, I'm having that, they will break through. If, they, they go, if they're passive and say, well, I'm not that bothered, I'm not really sure about that, they won't. It's that simple. Okay, so I, if, I, if I was you, I'd grab it. I go, I'm going, I'm going to have that. I want to see more of God in my life. How many people want to see more of God in their life? How many people want to see more of God in your workplace, in your city, in your town, in your neighborhood, in your back garden, in your, in your, in your bedroom, wherever? We all want more of God, but we've got to, we've got to take it. We've got to be hungry for it. Because God is giving more out. Right now, he's giving more out. He's doing miracles. He's doing exciting things. He's saving people. And, I, I, like, we need to be excited about it. Yeah? Go on, then. <laughs> be excited. I'm excited. Okay. So, I went to, um, a few years ago, some of you might know a few of these stories, but many of you won't. I went to uh, to do a um, a crusade and in uh, the Czech Republic, and it was a a three-day thing, and it was billed as Miracle Explosion Over Europe. Okay, so it was run by an African guy who lives in Prague, and and I just happened to know his sister, which is how I got invited. So we got this big building, Miracle Explosion Over Europe, and and it gets to day three, and there's been no miracles. (laughs) And I'm thinking, we're not really going for the billing here. And and I really heard God say, and this is what he said to me, he said, how many people know you here? And apart from Martin, nil. He said, so what are you bothered about? He said, you can do anything here and fall flat on your face and nobody back home will know about it and nobody's going to leave your church because of it. So you might as well go crazy and have a go and listen to me. So I thought, right, okay then. Right, so so what do you want to do, God? So I, I did what I did. I went and went back to my hotel, lay on my bedroom floor, and went through that whole process I've just described to you. So I, I came, and um, I'm, I'm talking about how God is a healer and He's still a healer today. And and I said that when when I was praying about this before today, uh, the, earlier today in my bedroom, this is what God showed me, and He showed me somebody he has got a really, uh, and it's your right ankle, it's really weak, you've got an ankle problem, you're struggling to walk with it, and, and he wants to heal you. Because I thought, well, go for it. Nobody's going to leave my church. Nobody's going to get upset with me. And if they do get upset with me, I can't understand check, so I won't know. So it's all right. And, and I said, there's somebody, somebody else here who's got an arm problem. Because I, I, what I'd felt is like, just like a numbness from about here to here, so from just above the wrist up this left hand side of this, the left hand arm up to the elbow. And I said, Somebody's got a numbness or a problem there, and God wants to heal you. And I said, So who are those people? And I looked around, and nobody put the hand up. And I said, I said, well, God specifically told me I had to step out. So this is me stepping out. So if that is you at all, can you help me? (laughs) This doesn't fill you with confidence. You see, for God to do things, we don't have to be super amazing. We just have to be real. He works through real people. It's him that's doing it, remember. We're just cooperating. So two people come up and... And so the first guy comes up and I say, right, okay, Uh, what's what's your problem? I'm I'm the ankle guy. (laughs) Right, okay, well, what's your problem? Well, I I fractured my ankle, it's set wrongly, and uh, I struggle to walk because my foot's bent on its side. I said, right, right, everybody, he's got a bad ankle. We've had a word of knowledge. God's going to do something here. What does he do? We then have to step out on the back of what, we've spoken. We have to demonstrate. It's not enough to preach. We have to demonstrate. So I prayed for his uncle and nothing happened. And I said, God, what am I going to do now? What do I do now? And I heard God just like this little voice in my head say, tell him to run around the building. "God, he can't walk. <laughs> he's like, he's hopped up here. I said, right, God's telling me Oh, in front of all these hundreds of people, you have to run around the building. And he goes, okay. And, and he started, and he's going. <laughs> <laughs> and by about six steps, he's walking, and by about ten steps, he's running, and he runs around the building. And the whole place erupts. So i think, yes, I'm on a roll. Let's, let's, let's fix the wrist. Now, so I go, right, what's, what's wrong? I, 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 I'm going, I'm, I said to him, I'm kind of hoping you're the wrist guy. He said, Yeah, that's me. I said, So, what, what's wrong with, with your wrist? You're know, like, Have you injured it or whatever? Now, remember, this is taking place really slowly because everything I say has to get translated, and then what he says has to get translated back to me. So, I, you know, like, it's a bit like acting in action replay where you're always three frames behind. So, he puts his hand up and starts talking like this. And I said, Oh, so what, what's the issue? He said, And so, my translator goes, um, well, when you gave that word of knowledge, he could start moving his wrist. And I said, oh, show me. And so he starts wiggling his fingers and moving his wrist. I said, so what's exciting about that? He said, well, I can't do that. <laughs> and I said, oh, all right, okay, well, that's exciting. Isn't that ever exciting, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> they love me in the Czech Republic. I'm an idiot over there, Yeah, you know? <laughs> They love me. And, and I'm going like, so what, 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 what's that? So why can't you do that? He said, because I haven't got any muscles in my arm. I said, why haven't you got any muscles? He said, well, all those muscles you described, I had them surgically removed several years ago because I had cancer. I don't have those muscles. I'm going, oh. (laughs) Right, so how's that happening? He goes, I don't know because I still haven't got any muscles. I'm going, okay. Well, uh, what do we do now? then?" (laughs) they're God. I didn't hear anything. I'm going like, God, you've abandoned me. (laughs) So I said, right, okay, well, we'll pray then, won't we, everybody? Put your hands out towards this guy and we'll all pray for him. So they all prayed for him. And I'm going, like, so so what's happening? And so he pulled his sleeve back and he put his hand up like that, and he said he did that. And as he did that, a muscle like inflated in his arm and grew. Right in front of everybody. And I'm going, I'm gonna faint. (laughs) I'm going to faint. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. I just haven't. But what that did is that created in me this hunger for more. Because the thing I won't back down on is that God is a supernatural God. And I haven't seen that since. And that is, well... I mean, you're not going to see that too often. But I haven't seen something like that, that that scale of a creative miracle since. But I want to learn from it. So I keep going back and visiting that, like, that mentally in my head. What did it look like? What did it feel like? like what did I see? And, and getting faith built up from that. Now, they, that was released by word of knowledge. But the thing about word of knowledge is it plays in to faith. So that the more you operate in a word of knowledge, the more faith it creates because you see that what you've heard, actually somebody has it, and then they get healed. So when I get a word of knowledge now, it stirs faith in me that something is going to happen. It's not just an isolation. It imparts a gift of faith. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So where do we get all this from in the Bible? Apart from that first in 1 Corinthians. Well, where we get it from, but you see Jesus doing it. So in, in John 4, verse 17 and 18, well, before that, he, he's been walking through this area that, that basically Jews didn't walk through called Samaria, and he meets a woman, and he's thirsty. Some of you will know this story. He's thirsty, he's sat to well. This woman comes along to draw water, and he, and he asks her to draw her some water, and he engages in a conversation with her. She's a Samaritan woman. He's a Jew. That's a no-no. But Jesus... You know, he, he doesn't observe racial or religious barriers or anything like that, and he's not judgmental, and he starts to talk to her. And in the course of this conversation, he asks her about her husband, and the woman says, I haven't got one. And Jesus says, you've said that right, that you haven't got one, because you've had five, and the, one that, the guy that you're with now isn't your husband. So you did speak truly. And she goes, truly, sir, I can see you are a prophet. And, and she goes and tells everybody that Jesus has told her all about all of her life. He obviously says a lot more than that because she goes and tells everybody he's told me, he's read my he's read my mail, he knows all about my life. And and she she becomes an evangelist in that area and brings loads of people and tells them all, and and, and something kicks off. So that's Jesus himself operating a word of knowledge, something he couldn't have known in the natural, because Jesus didn't really hire private detectives to go into. Samaritan homes and, and suss people out. He, he just didn't know it's, it's a gift. Now, in verse 29, we see the result of that. She's there, come see the man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Messiah? Is this the guy that we've waited for for centuries? So she, from that word of knowledge comes a revelation of Jesus and who he is and what he's come for. And that's why words of knowledge is so important as part of our toolkit in evangelism, and in reaching people. So it's something that we want to design and we want to move in. There's a, a not so exciting um, picture of a word of knowledge. It's a negative. In Acts chapter five, we've got these. T- what's, what's happening at that time is that the church is exploding, and everybody has got the idea and understanding that God's a generous God and there's something happening of the kingdom here and we need to give everything we've got, all our resources, all our finances, because we want to see the kingdom come. And so the early church is born into something that we should live in, which is everything's God's and we want to give because we see that God wants to bring about his kingdom. So they're giving and this couple called Ananias and Sapphira go out and sell some land, get loads of money, and bring part of the proceeds and lay it at the apostles' feet, and they then pretend, well, Ananias does, pretends it's all of the money. And Peter says, why, why are you lying? Because you could have kept all the money, and it was yours. Nobody's forcing you to do this, so why, why are you lying? And Ananias is so shocked that Peter knows that he's lying through this word of knowledge that he drops dead. So let that be a lesson to you all. (laughs) And, And his wife, Sapphira, comes in, not knowing he's dead, and she says the same lie. And they explain to him that her husband's just died because he told that lie and she drops dead. So let that be a second lesson to you. Okay, now, the point, I don't want to get into all the, like, why was that, why wasn't that, because you can, you can read endless books on, or endless ideas on why that is. What I want to say is this, that when information is negative, you need to handle it really carefully. You don't want people dropping dead on you, but you also don't want to embarrass people or destroy people. Um, Because it's so easy to wreck somebody's life by saying something negative. And certainly what you don't want to do, unless you have absolute certainty and probably apostolic authority, is to give something or reveal something really terrible about somebody in front of everybody else. When you get something that's negative, your first response is always to pray for the person. And to pray to God and say, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do with this? I, I don't want to be knowing this. And then, I remember, I, th- I, think, it was, I think it was perhaps Joyce. She, we had, we were, had a visit from Roland Baker. Um, and you sat in our living room and we, there was quite a number of us. And we just had like an open question time. And Joyce said, asked this very question, what do you do when you've got something from God and it's, it's a negative. And Roland thought about it for a moment, as he does, and he said this, he said, well, when I get that sort of thing, what I do is I wait and I will not give it until I know my heart's in such a place that it's wrapped up in so much love that that person feels loved when I give the negative. And he said, if if I'm not in that place, I won't give it. And and I think that's a really good guide. Don't you? You see, our motive and our heart, in any word, is for people to grow. It's not for people to be harmed or judged. It's so they'll grow. And and they'll be set free of stuff that's got a hold on them. In um, 1 Corinthians 14... It actually, I can't remember where I put that verse up. Did I have got one? Oh, sorry. It? it says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strength and encouragement and comfort. just want to say a couple of things about that. This is actually talking about the gift of prophecy. It's not really talking about words of knowledge. Um, so it's talking about things in the, that predicting the future as opposed to things of the past or the now. However, having said that, I do believe that there's a, there's a general principle there that the weight of things and the way we operate in our gifts should be for encouragement, strengthening, and comforting people. Now, that can be taken too far. You go, well, I could never say anything or bring anything negative to anybody, even if I know it. That, it's not actually saying that, but that is the weight of it. So 95% of the time, we should expect things to be a positive that's going to produce a miracle or change, life-giving. 5% of the time, we might get a negative. Where's that? That's in the strengthening. So, the, 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 the Greek word there is actually upbuilding, uh, uh, changing your life, bringing you forward, helping you to grow. And sometimes, uh, and it includes that element of correction so that people can grow. Okay? So, it's not that everything should always be rosy and glowing and, and things, but generally, it will be. So, most of the time, you are looking for a positive. If you've got a negative, then the sign is extreme caution, slowly. The, like, what, what do you do if you get a negative? Well, the first thing you do is you, you pray, as I've said. The next thing you do is you test it. How do you test it? You test it against scripture. You might just have got it wrong. You test your own heart. You go, like, what are my motives in giving this? Like, what, what am I feeling towards that person? Am I, am I feeling grace or am I feeling judgment? Am I thinking, and and this is a big one, because religious people can get really hung up on this. Because they'll say, yeah, I'm feeling grace, because it's grace to give that word so that that person can know how bad they are. (laughs) Okay, so you've just spotted the problem. Who made you the judge? There's only one person worthy to be judge, and he's called Jesus. We're not judges. We operate in grace. And so, so when, we, when we go, okay, I'm checking my motives, the motive I'm asking myself is, and, and, and I don't mean to be blunt on this, but when I'm thinking about this, do I feel superior to that person? Because if I do, that's a good sign I'm not in grace, but I'm in judgment. And that's why we've, many of us have been damaged by stuff that people have done that has all the right words in all the right places, but is given from that place of superiority. And that's really damaging, and, and that makes quite a number of us shy away from these things when actually we should be pushing forward in these things. So I want to, to encourage you this morning, just right now, I want you to stick your, put your hands up in the air, and I want you to surrender that to God if that's happened to you, and say, God, that's no longer going to stop me pushing forward. I'm not going to be cynical about these things. Because I want more of you. And I'm not going to let what, what got distorted or what the enemy used stop me. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, let's crack on. Nearly there. So uh, what do you do within a church context once you've tested it? Well, the next thing you do is, guys, when we're learning these things, the last thing we want to do is come up to the front and embarrass ourselves by making a mess of it, isn't it? So, you practice, but you practice in life groups, you practice in, when we've got filling station over the summer, you you, you practice these things. By the way, I'm really excited about filling station. I like the concept of a meeting just totally devoted to getting full of the Holy Spirit. My only concern about the filling station is how I'm going to get home afterwards. Okay? Yeah, we could have a sleepover, couldn't we? Should we book it through the night? But anyway... When, one of the things is that we, the reason we're a body is that there's an authority within a body. So we submit words for testing. Or is this appropriate to being Like, I have on my chair right now a card that somebody got three words this morning, three words of knowledge, and I'm actually going to give them shortly. Okay? Because they've been submitted to me, and I've been, I, some of you might have seen it, I went to the back there, during worship, and I was praying about them. Okay, that's what I was doing. I'm not weird, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't frightened of the worship team or anything like that. Wasn't, I was bored in worship, I was entering in, but I was actually using that place of being in God's presence to hear him. To say, what do I do with these words? Because I know what to do with mine, but when it's somebody else, I have to put it before God and say, you know, what do you want to do with it? So how do, how do you receive words? Well, Basically, and this is, I'm getting to the summary now, you've got a desire to receive them. Then you've got to set aside time to get them. You've got to do what I do before service. You've got to do something like that before, you know, what I'd advise you guys is before your life groups this week, all of you take half an hour and say, is there anything you want me to bring this week, God? Now, you're not going to get something every time. I don't get something every Sunday morning. I maybe get something one in four or five Sunday mornings. It's more frequent at the moment because God's on an agenda at the moment. But you don't get something every time. So don't feel under pressure that you have to have something, but have a go. And then you've got to expect the supernatural. Part Part of the problem when you are operating in words of knowledge is it's really easy to mistake natural knowledge for supernatural, particularly when you know somebody well. So I have a word this morning that I had to take before God, before the service, because I know it applies to somebody in this room because they shared that with me. But I believe it's of wider application than that person. So although it will include that person, I'm not giving it to that person because I already know that about them. So I'm... I'm just fessing up right now that actually I know this. I, one of the words of knowledge I'm going to give, I know already is an issue for somebody. Okay? But I believe it's for more people than that one person. Okay. Does that make sense? So what, what I will try and do, when people come forward, and, and particularly in a prayer line, and they're trying to explain stuff to me, honestly, guys, I'm not being rude, but I don't want to know your life story. Because I want this to be a supernatural encounter for you, not a natural encounter. The worst thing that I can do for you is get over into thinking about everything that somebody said about you or everything the doctor said about you or whatever. That's not gonna help you. So it's not that I'm being rude, it's just I'm trying to be helpful. Because we want a supernatural encounter, not a natural encounter. Yeah? Still with me? Right, I'm nearly finished. So what do you do? You step out, you have a go, And then you look at the results. When I first started uh, speaking out words of knowledge, which was when I was at university in my 20s, um, I guess I got about one in six right. One in six, one in seven. It was that sort of number. So if you don't get a response, don't stop. You're meant to learn from... What's happening? And then when the things start getting more accurate, you go, okay, well, I recognize that that one, that did feel slightly different. I don't know why it felt slightly different, but it did feel slightly different when I, when I received it. Does, does that make sense? So you observe the results. So desire, set aside time, expect the supernatural, step out, observe the results. People get words of knowledge in different ways from the ways I've described for you. So I just want to throw a few out there so you can recognise them. So I've talked about how I feel things and how I feel pictures. Um, how many of you have heard? How many of you know about a guy called Bill Johnson? Yeah, he, he's got a really strong gift of the word of knowledge, linked to healing. But the way it works for him is. He looks around a room and and, and somehow he sees the Holy Spirit on a person in a way that he's seen the Holy Spirit be on a person before and they got healed. So I don't know how he does it because I don't operate like that. But he may see Esther and he goes, right, right now, the way the Holy Spirit is moving on Esther, I've seen that before and that person got healed. Now, I don't do that, so I can't tell you any more than that, but that's a valid thing, that, that some people can look and see where the Holy Spirit is moving in a room.
1: Um, another thing that
0: people uh, do, but I, I, I don't actually know personally anybody that, that does this, but I've read about it and been told about it, is they, they call it reading. In that When they get a word of knowledge, they actually see the words. Now, I've, I've never seen that. I don't know anybody that's seen that, but that works for somebody. It's like they shut their eyes, and they can see the words. Some people actually hear a voice, a still, small voice that tells them. Um, I think you're like that. You're, you're, you're a voice person. You hear a voice, don't you, Don, when you go out on the streets? You, you hear God telling you something about somebody. Now, I, do, I don't. He does. He, he's he's out there on the streets, and he's like going up to people, and I'm going like, where do I lie down for twenty minutes to get my feeling? <laughs> you know, it's different different things for different places. So can you can you see we don't all operate the same? We can't put this thing in a box. We we just, It's an art and not a science. There's no like six steps to six steps to heaven or and operating in words of knowledge. You know. You, you practice, you have a go, and you do what works for you by observing the results you get. I, I know that, for instance, Don operates very differently now than, than two years ago, or even a year ago, in, in the way he, he seeks to hear God. He walks, he, he doesn't stay static in one location, he walks around a lot now. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's what worked for him. Okay, so we're going to finish just there. Last three things about words of knowledge. Firstly, be specific. You've got to give it just as exactly as it is. I remember a few years ago, uh, I was giving um, an example, and I saw it. So it was a picture. So I got the picture first this time. And it was was of an ankle getting injured as it went down into sand on the hill because there was something hard underneath. Now, because I'd been involved in sport as a young guy, I saw what I thought was that was a long jumper's injury or a triple jumper's injury. Because that's what I thought it was. So I didn't say I saw an ankle going down into sand and getting injured. What I said is somebody here has injured their ankle long jumping or triple jumping. And nobody moved. And then God really pulled me up and he said, tell them what you did see. And I said, okay, well, this is what I saw. I saw an ankle going down on its heel, hitting something hard underneath sand and getting injured. Somebody came forward. Yeah, I was running along a beach, and I I was just jogging. I, I jumped over, you know those wooden things that they have that separate different bits of the beach? I jumped over one of those, and I landed on a stone. And I did my ankle. So they came forward, they got paid for, they got healed. But you've got to be specific. Now, what that means is you don't leave out any details. So, if it's a left hand that's got the pain, you don't say somebody's arm has got the pain. It's a left hand, it's between the wrist and the elbow. You don't say, Has anybody got an arm problem? Why do you not say that? Because most of us have an arm problem, (laughs) and we're all going to come forward, and it doesn't stir up faith in everybody, because in about three weeks' time, we all get fed up with piling forward, and it wasn't us. Do you see what I mean? Because this is how I operate in my gift. There's all sorts of ways God gives healing, but this is how I operate in my gift. So, guys in Faith Life, this is what you will see from me. I'm just trying to explain why, why this is what I do. And, and the other aspect is you don't leave out details. So be specific. Don't add to it, but don't leave anything out either. So if you, if you say, like, it's numbness... If that's what you, you you felt, you've got to say it feels numb. You have no feeling there. You do. I did. It's, remember that in that case, it's a partial word, partial piece of information. I didn't know he had no muscle there. Of course, he felt numb because there's nothing there. But I just gave what I had. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, I, what 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 that did, and I, I'm, I'm going to, well, I'm finished there, but what that did when we were in Prague is that uh, it really made me, like, it stirred faith in me. And so I'm saying, God, well, God, what do you want to do next? Because I got excited. Because you get excited. I get excited when God moves. And I am going, God, what do you want to do next? And he said, well, um, there's somebody with a, with a back problem. So I said, right, God, there's somebody with a back problem. God's healing them right now. And they go, who is that? And nobody came. I'm thinking like, there's hundreds of people here, somebody's got to have a bat problem. And nobody came, because nobody got healed, that I could see. Okay, so I'm doing that. Now, the last session, so that was the morning session of the final day, the last session of the conference, I'm doing it, and this lady, she must have been about 22, 23, came up on the platform, because I said, is there any more testimonies from this morning? She came up on the platform, she said, yeah, I, I, I had the bat problem. I said, well, you didn't come forward. She said, well, no, I couldn't. I was lying on a stretcher at the back of the room. Because my parents brought me here. We've come from the other side of the Czech Republic. We came into the meeting late. They laid me down at the back of the room. My spine has totally disintegrated. I'm unable to move, and I have to be carried around in a stretcher or in a wheelchair. And I'm gone. but you stood there. She said, yeah, when you said that, God gave me a new spine. But I couldn't tell you because I was strapped on my stretcher. (laughs) And we've got to let things build our faith. You know, we've got to let... The things that we've seen over the last three, four months in this place, we've got to let them build our faith. We've got to think about them. We've got to remember them. Now, um, Phil, could you come up, please? And do your stuff (laughs) your anointed stuff I I, I believe that God's given me well I I believe he gave me two words this morning but I believe he's also given another two words one of the words I um, I know some as I said I know something about one of the words he gave me I know something about one of the words that the other person gave they don't know it but I do so these, these, I'll try and explain them as accurately as I can. And then I want you to come forward because we're going to pay for you. I'll say all four just in case you don't want people to know which one is you. Does that make sense? Okay. Because we do this in love. We're not here to a bounty point. Okay. This is the one I know something about. But I believe it applies to more than one person. It applies to that one person, but I believe it applies to more than one person. When I was where I go and hide, God showed me a picture. He showed me a picture of a worship team leading worship, lots of people worshipping. And yet, as the worship was taking place within the worship team and in the group of worshippers, somehow, somebody got badly hurt Emotionally, and um, by another person in the middle of worship. And that's made it, that, that throws up all sorts of issues for you in worship that you, you might pull away or there's a specific event that, that every time it happens, it upsets you. Yeah? Now, I know that applies to one person, but I believe it applies to more than one person. And I've only got Philip because I believe really it might be you know it could be members of our own worship team because we worship all over the place yeah second one I had is (laughs) this is also annoying because once I got this somebody actually told me that this applied to them before I even got up here but after i would had it this morning but again I think it may be more than one person You are struggling with night terrors, nightmares and panic attacks at night. Not, there's an intensity of having these nightmares that is beyond what is normal and it's repetitive and God wants to set you free. Third thing is a lady who has over recent weeks had heart pain and has felt that down their left arm and That's a word of knowledge I've been given this morning that God wants to minister to you this morning. Okay? They're they're as accurate as I've got them. So if they apply to you, any of those three, I want you to come forward now.